0: Now, you got to do a little bit of digging. You know, you got to go like Angela Lansbury, Matlock, throwing out old school references here, but you got to figure out like, are these people doing what they claim to be doing? Who are they training? Who are they working with? Are they getting results? And I'm not just talking about like one or two people here, I'm talking about like real in the trenches, long term coaches. Hello and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I am your host, Mike Robertson, and today we are going to talk about five things I need to say. Now, I know that may sound like an intriguing podcast title. I hope it did because, yeah, I don't know, man. I've just had a lot of time to think here lately, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of change in my life, like 99% of it for the better, but as we all know, change can be uncomfortable, it can be difficult, and I think if nothing else, it forces you to reflect on where you're at, where you're going, and maybe you know what you want to get out of life as a whole. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. Five things that I just feel like I need to say, need to get off my chest, and things that I think will ultimately, as always, help you live a happier, healthier, more successful life get more out of your career as a trainer, coach, rehab professional, and just in general, be more awesome. So we're not going to do any promos, any mid-rolls. You know how we do it. We're going to jump in and we are going to knock this out. So the first thing that I have to say is choose your mentors wisely. That's right. Choose your mentors wisely. Now you may be thinking, uh, why, why is that such a big deal? And I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to come into this show hot. Right. There are a lot of people out there that claim to be, quote, mentors, unquote, that are absolutely nothing of the sort. And I think a lot of this has been born out of the fact that, you know, back in the day, the great thing about the Internet was, hey, man, you can write a blog and be an author. You can shoot a video and be a YouTuber or an Instagrammer. And, you know, it's spiraled almost out of control to where you can share information to now you can self-declare yourself to be an expert or a mentor in any sort of field so i'm just going to put this out there right now just because you have a mentorship program and you charge people a lot of money to work with you doesn't qualify you to be a great mentor now again i told you i'm coming in hot and i know this is going to ruffle some feathers but it's really frustrating because i think about my mentors when i was growing up and some i had very close relationships with and i worked with you know, live and in the flesh. Others were more remote. You know, when I was coming up, probably one of my biggest influences early on was Ian King. And I never met Ian King in real life, like to this day, never met him. But he was very impactful to me as a young coach. And the way he wrote, the way he looked at training just made a lot of sense to me and was very influential to me early on. Now, I didn't really have another mentor until I met Bill. And luckily, you know, he got me around the age of 27. I wasn't too far gone at that point in time. And he continues to be the strongest mentor and strongest influence in my life from a training perspective. And that's going on like 16 years now. So, you know, you got Bill. I talked about it numerous times, but when I sought out and tried to fill holes in my own training career, or in my own education, I came to Lee Taft. And Joel Jamison. So Lee obviously was there for speed development. Joel was there for conditioning. So there's this unique thing that ties all of these guys together. Now they all have different influences. They all have different backgrounds, but the one thing that they all share, and this is critically important, my friend, they all have skin in the game. And this is something that you hear tossed around a lot, but I'm not sure a lot of these people that have mentorships these days have skin in the game. I think they're really good in front of a camera. I think they're great at creating a soundbite. But you know, again, not everyone is qualified to be a great mentor. So what I want you to think about, let's start with a question. Who are your mentors? And again, I'm not firing shots at you. Obviously, I like you. You're listening to the show. I want you to get better. But I want you to ask yourself, okay, right now, if you had to make a list of the three to five most impactful people in your career, who are they? And they're kind of like habits, right? So if you say, oh, I don't really know, like, no, that's not true. Because even if you say you don't have any habits, well, you have habits, (laughs) you're just unaware of them, right? So you have mentors, whether you know it or not. So what I would ask you to, to do is start to figure out, okay, who am I giving my time and attention to? Who are you following on IG, YouTube? Uh, What podcast do you listen to? Because all these people, obviously the more time and attention you give them, you're weighing their thoughts and their perspectives at a higher level than others. And maybe that's fine. Maybe these are people you need to learn from, but we have to question this, right? Okay, now the next step in this is once you've determined who those people are, now you gotta do a little bit of digging. You know, you got to go like Angela Lansbury, Matlock, throwing out old school references here, but you got to figure out like, are these people doing what they claim to be doing? Who are they training? Who are they working with? Are they getting results? And I'm not just talking about like one or two people here. I'm talking about like real in the trenches, long-term coaches. Okay. Okay. Because again, I get it. Like I wrote articles when I was very young. I wrote articles when I'd only, you know, been in the industry a couple years. But again, I wasn't proclaiming myself as an expert and I definitely wasn't mentoring young people. So I think we need to, to be conscious of who we're giving our time and attention to. Now, another thing I want to put on this is that consultants are not coaches because just like everybody wants to be a mentor, all of a sudden, everybody thinks they're a consultant. And a consultant is something else that I feel like, hey, look, that's great if you wanna do that, but that's something you need to, again, have a lot of time and skin in the game. You know, you do it 20, 25, 30 years. Now you have the right to be a consultant because a lot of people have been in the game like five years and they're calling themselves a consultant. And really that type of consulting gig where you're just working with a staff or a group or something for like an hour, like you get to be the person that has all the answers right? Like there's not enough time to prove that what you are saying is incorrect. Okay. So I want to kind of pull this one together a little bit here, right? But if you're going to be in this for the long haul, and we're going to talk about playing the long game later on, but if you're going to be in this game for the long haul, you got to choose your mentors wisely. You've got to understand that not everyone who has a big social media following, or maybe the person that's trained one really elite, very prolific or very notorious professional athlete is someone you should look look up to. You know, you gotta find somebody that's got this long established track record in the game. And that's not always the person with the most social media followers or, you know, the one that talks the most braggadociously about themselves, right? You've gotta find somebody who has actually been in this for an extended period of time and getting results. You find that person, you ask them to mentor you, chances are you're going to be a lot more successful. So that kind of leads me to my second point, which is true fact, social media, ain't real life. I think there's a lot of people out there right now, huffing and puffing about all the things they know on the internet. And you know, I think that's always been true, but it's even more so now. Like you have to be bigger, you have to be bolder. You have to be more confident. And again, I get this right? Like I've shot videos. I've created this podcast. I've written articles. There is a level of authority that you need to speak with and you need to carry yourself with. But there's also this quiet confidence and this humility to know that you don't know everything. But, you know, it's funny because now as I'm watching these things unfold, as I get a little bit older, especially when it comes to social media, some people just have really catchy content right? They're killer in Photoshop or Illustrator. It looks beautiful. Some people love to push a lot of buttons, right? We all know that guy or that gal. It's real inflammatory. They find ways and they've got that core audience and they're just constantly inciting that rage in them. You know, and then the thing I think that makes me the most upset because I see it happen to people that I'm very close to, but there are a lot of people out there that are just flat out stealing and repurposing other people's work. And that's frustrating to see. No credit given, no saying, hey, you should go check out Bill Hartman. You should think about joining his uh, intensive because it was one of the most impactful things. Instead, they'll take his work, package it up and sell it as their own. So that's frustrating. So I'm going to give you a simple fact here. Social media is not real life. Now, you probably already know that, but it needs to be said. More importantly, you need to be reminded of that. Social media is not real life. So before you give someone that time and attention, again, do your due diligence. First things first, if you're in the training space, if you're a trainer, coach, rehab professional, ask yourself, what are their training principles? If they're just throwing strategies at you, right? How to mobilize an ankle, how to, uh, whatever, floss a joint, how to strengthen this muscle group. That is not a principle. That's a strategy. Now, I talk about strategies too, but I always try and talk about strategies in the context of the principles that supersede them. So this is something you always want to figure out. Social media, mentorship, what are their training principles? That's number one. Number two, you got to ask yourself, who have they worked with? Are the people they're working with similar to the people that I work with? Because just because somebody's trained high-level athletes doesn't mean they have any clue how to get a positive result with a general population client and vice versa. Somebody that may just kill it with gen pop clients, you know, and creates these awesome body transformations probably doesn't know what it takes to be successful training an elite or professional level athlete. So find somebody whose client base matches up or syncs up with yours. Another question and again not to say that it's the only delineator but how long has someone been doing this because I mean, I'm not throwing shade I promise I'm not throwing shade I love young coaches I create this show in a lot of ways for young coaches but don't step into the game three years in and act like you know it all I think that's one thing that I always tried to do and I've still trying to do to this day 21 years in I try and remind myself that hey look like I think I've had some success. I think I've got a pretty good system. I think my principles are pretty darn strong. But at the same time, man, I take losses too, right? I've taken some big losses this year. It'll humble you real quick. So just think about it like this. Think about the difference between a casual and a long-term relationship, right? Casual relationship, all these things aren't very important. You're just kind of dating somebody, you're not really trying to get serious. Like the things that you need from them are a lot different than if you're trying to be in a committed long-term relationship, right? They have to check a lot more boxes. So just like you're looking at people to mentor you, social media or on the internet, whatever, you know, the same thing goes to social media. Pay attention to the right people, right? So to kind of bring this one together, number one, just by and large, limit your time on social media. People ask me a lot. They're like, oh, it seems like you post a lot. Yeah, I try and post a decent amount, but I follow the post and run strategy. Like literally, a lot of times I post stuff in a different external app, so I don't even have to get on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. I just set it up so it posts automatically and I'm never even on site because it's just easier that way, right? And I don't get caught up in all the riffraff. Then the second piece to this is, you know, if you do follow someone, Make sure that they're creating value and make sure that they're honest in their representation of themselves. And that's one thing I will always try and do for you, regardless of where we interact, right? Whether it's me writing an article, shooting a video, creating a podcast like this. If we meet in real life, you know, I'm going to come at you with a certain level of authority and confidence because I feel like I've earned that, but I'm also going to come to you with the greatest amount of humility and knowing that, Hey, look, you know, I've taken losses you've taken losses, it's gonna happen, right? Like none of us are perfect, but if we're in this for the long haul, hey look, let's work together, let's strategize, let's figure out how we can work together and collectively to make our world a little bit better place, all right? So that's it. Number two, social media ain't real life. Number three, this one's a little bit uh, random, but I think you're gonna appreciate it. Number three, be sure You want to open a gym. And here's where this is coming from. (laughs) You know, as I record this, 1st of November, the grind has been so real the last four weeks because a lot of stuff has happened. And I know I've kind of chronicled it here. If you have not followed, I'm going to give you the quick and dirty. But, you know, we lost our PM coach. Eric got hired by the Pacers. I considered bringing in one of our interns. They hired him as well. So... You know, I worked nights for about three weeks. Day picked up some shifts, but I worked a lot of nights the last couple weeks. Uh, we moved out of our old space. We moved into our new space on top. And that's all on top of all the regular stuff that I have going on between coaching my kids sports, between doing stuff like this for RTS. Like needless to say, there's been a lot of adding and absolutely zero subtracting from the calendar. So if we come back to our social media point, You know, when somebody's talking about opening a gym or they just opened a gym, you know, everyone wants to like show off and floss. They want to show the new space, the new equipment, you know, but nobody's talking about like all the dirty work that goes on to get out of the old one. And I can tell you this because like Bill and I just spent a ridiculous amount of time the last two days doing all those final last finishing touches to get out of our old space. Like nobody's highlighting that on Instagram. They're not showing them pushing a broom or cleaning the toilets or find, you know, using like the edging tool with the vacuum to get all the insect dead bodies off the floor because you, you know, you never see it because it's tucked back behind a bookcase. So, you know, when I was coming up, it was like a rule of thumb. If you were a great coach if you were an Eric Cressy, uh, Joe DeFranco, Ben Bruno, uh, I'm sure there's other great coaches I'm thinking about. If you were one of these like high-level coaches, Tony Gentilcore, if you're a high-level coach, you had to open a gym to be a legit trainer, period, done. If you were a legit trainer, you worked for yourself. You couldn't go work at a big box gym or you know another company with the exception maybe of like Exos, You know, like Nick Winkleman, Brett Bartholomew, they built platforms and names for themselves under the Exos brand. But by and large, if you were an elite trainer or coach, you had to open your own gym. It was that simple. Now, I'm here to tell you, I've done it 13 years now, and I think anybody that's done it for more than a couple will tell you, man, it's not all puppies and balloons. It's not grand opening parties and cutting ribbons and You know, just showing off all the amazing experiences that you have. Like there's a lot of hard work and let's be real here. It's not about all the fancy new equipment you're buying or all the marketing promotions you're going to create. And look, I'll just be totally honest here. Some people may not like this term, Gary Schofield, (laughs) love Gary. He hates the term grind, but look, there is no better way to describe it. There are times when you own a business or you run a gym that you are going to grind. You're going to work long days. You're going to deal with stuff you never wanted to. Lawyers, contracts, uh, disputes, disgruntled clients. Like we all like to talk about our amazing clients. You know, every now and then you get a, a stinker that comes in. You get somebody that is not aligned with your principles and your values. You don't pick up on it early. Next thing you know, they're a problem. Okay. So there are times you're going to grind. There are also just ebbs and flows to everything in business, and I think the older you get, the more you realize, hey, man, like not everything is just this steady climb or ascent. It's a very jagged approach. And there's downtimes that are absolutely going to test your will. They're going to test your mettle. And so I was thinking about, you know, when we open IFAST 1.0, go all the way back to August 2008. If you remember that point in time, yes, IFAST opened then. Also notorious for the fact that the housing crisis was going on or just kind of ramping up and we had an absolutely awful recession. So you can imagine how easy it is to get somebody to join a new gym or or go into a brand new business and spend basically disposable income that they don't have. Right? So that's how we started. We got through that. All the the ups and downs of hiring, firing, you know, like a lot more hiring than firing luckily in our game, but and that stuff happens and then you get to 2020 rona i mean dude the fact that any gyms made it through that are absolutely mind-blowing you know and, and we got hit or we were impacted far less by it than a lot of gyms out there so the fact that we made it through that and look i'm going to say it right now ifast 3.0 we just are in the process of signing this five-year lease like something is probably going to go wrong in the next five years so you know, there's a lot of things that go on when you open a business, right? There's a lot more risk. There's a lot more responsibility. And, you know, I haven't even mentioned the fact because I've talked about this before, but when you go from elite trainer to business owner, now you got to learn all these different skills on top of that. You need to become a more polished speaker. You need to become a more polished marketer. You need to master the art and craft of selling. Uh, You need to become a business ops specialist. Like there's so many things that you have to do. And I know, I know what the, like the gurus and the mentors say, they say, oh, well, you know, you just need to hire and outsource. Man, that sounds great. But when you're literally like getting by month to month early on to get everything going, like you're a one man or one woman show. Maybe you've got a friend or loved one or supportive spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever that helps you out but it's a one man or one girl show until you get things wrong. So there's so much work involved. So I'm never going to tell you, don't open a gym. I'm just saying, be sure you want to open a gym because things have changed. Like that's the great thing about our industry. Like, yes, it changes in most cases. I feel like it changes for the better ever the optimist, but we're at a point in time now where, Hey, do you have to open a gym to be considered a great trainer? No, no, like if you have the skills to pay the bills, people will find you, they will seek you out and you don't necessarily have to own your own space. And I'm not telling you this to scare you off because I love what I do at IFAST. I know it's gonna be a grind. I know there's ups and downs, but I'm ready for that. I read a quote the other day, I don't remember who it's from, uh, one of those famous business specialists, but it was something along the lines of, I'd rather be my own tyrant than be ruled by some other tyrant. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know, that really resonated with me because, yeah, I'd rather deal with myself and my own anxieties and stressors and all that than deal with somebody else and worry about them. So, if you want to do this, great. I love it. Commit yourself, go all in because we need more great gyms in this country. Look around, you know, and I don't want to go political, but I mean, when you talk about COVID and like cofactors and things that, that make people more likely to get very sick or potentially die obesity is like the number 1 thing. Right? There's vitamin deficiencies and other stuff, but man, if we could just get healthier as a country, as a population as a whole worldwide, man. It's amazing how much better we could be doing. So be sure you want to open a gym. That's a big one. Number 4. Again, kind of bouncing around because there's a lot on my mind and a lot of things that have impacted me here lately. Number 4 is invest in our youth. And here's here's what made me really start to reflect on this. You know, I think for everybody, the last two years has been probably more challenging than usual, right? Like everything that we took for granted, everything that we thought was just normal has been taken and turned on its head upside down. So I think, you know, at least for me, life has been a little bit less enjoyable and again, I think most of us would say that, right? There's just more anxiety, more stress. We're more worried about what's going on in the world and how we're impacted by things that are outside of our influence. But I can tell you without a doubt, other than the usual stuff for me, right? Like vacations, birthdays, holidays with my family, coaching at iFast, those are my like most memorable, most joyous times, other than those, I can honestly say, I think the best part of the last year of my life was coaching my daughter's soccer team this past season. And part of that was just sheer luck, right? We had a great team. I only knew like four or five of the 14 girls when we started. So we added like nine or 10. And that's really rare because a lot of times these these teams are getting groomed from like first and second grade and they're playing together. Until they either stop playing or they move up and play travel, whatever. So we got this really mishmash team, but we've got a great group of girls. I have an amazing assistant coach. He's just like the best guy, always has great points, very well thought out as far as like, you know, he's bringing equipment and it's hot. So he's bringing a tent for the girls. Like he's just an amazing guy. He does all the little things. So overall, it was just this great experience. But it got me thinking, why is this so important? not just to me, but like my kids and the parents of other kids have talked about like, oh, it's just it's such a great experience. There's such a great culture. So I just kept coming back to why is this so important? Why is coaching and mentoring our youth so important? And I think, man, it's a really easy thing, but it's really difficult at the same time. Like, our kids these days just flat out need more positive experiences in their life. Like that's it. Like kids need more positive experiences because I mean, I'll be frank, I couldn't imagine being a kid these days. I couldn't. My life was so simple. I grew up in the country. I had no kids my age around. Didn't have internet. I had a dial-up rotary phone. Didn't have cable. So I had like four stations. Uh, I had my sister who was not interested at all in sports. Like I had, was kind of like boring. Like I didn't have a lot to do. Uh, I didn't have a lot of trouble to get into. Now I think about kids these days. I mean, I just think about Kate and Kendall being eight and 10, especially Kendall, right? Cause she's the older one and she's got, you know a little bit cir- bigger circle of friends. You know, she's a little bit just kind of more on that a- cusp of the age where things start happening, right? And so I'm just thinking about, man, the pressure that they're under, the fact that they're being inundated with social media. I mean, I hear about kids these days, stuff that's going on on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok, you know, psycho parents. (laughs) And I hate to say it like that because I have great parents that I'm around, but I see it from some of these other teams, these psycho parents. They got their kids in like 10 sports and they're playing like four or five activities every single night. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, the bottom line is first off, before you talk about how easy a kid has it or how easy they have it now, yes, they do. And yes, I say it, but stop and pause and reflect because I'll be honest, I think it's really hard to be a kid these days. Like, really hard. They have so much going on in their lives that their body, their brains, their DNA are not prepared to handle. So, for me, when it comes to coaching, man, there's the selfish element of it, right? Like I love to be with my kids. Uh, I love to be with them in sports. Sports are something I grew up loving. They seem to enjoy them for the most part. It's something we can do together. It's active. It's teaching them to explore their body and enjoy movement, learning about sports and teams and all the stuff that comes with that. So I think that makes it easy. But there's a bigger element of it too, or maybe not bigger, but an equally important part. And that's the fact that I positively impact another eight, 10, maybe even as many as 12 or 13 other kids in the process. And I get to teach them to love sports. I get to teach them to love their bodies, how to move. I help them build confidence in themselves. Like, I always talk about one of the things I enjoy the most with the athletes and the people I work with. I love being like their biggest cheerleader. I talk about just being like the human hype show. If you remember Flavor Flav, like Flavor Flav didn't really rap much in Public Enemy, but man, he was just like the hype show. Hyping Chuck D up all the time. Hyping the crowd up. Like that is me. You know, I'm not like the rah-rah external motivation type guy. I'm not that kind of a cheerleader, but just constantly in their ear like, man, you're playing great. Man, oh, that was an amazing pass. Like constantly making them excited to play a sport. So You know, I want you to think about some things because, you know, maybe you're at a time in your life where you have kids or you're thinking about kids or maybe you don't want kids, but maybe you listen to this and you think, oh, I'd like to find some way to get involved. So I want you to start by asking yourself, if this is something you're interested in, number one, how can you get more involved with today's youth? You know, if you own a gym or you're a trainer, maybe you can run like an athletic development class. For younger kids, you could do a really little kid's class, like six to nine, or more of like a a preteen class from 10 to 13 and teach them how to train, teach them how to be more athletic, to enjoy moving. If you enjoy sports, you could volunteer as a sport coach. I mean, all the stuff that I do is unpaid and I wouldn't change it for the world. I love it. It's like one of the purest endeavors I get to do in my life. And that's why, I mean, sure, there's days I'm tired yesterday, literally, We got up, Kendall and I went to breakfast, I sold turf at the gym, we moved a bunch of the other turf, we swept the floors, we did all the cleaning at IFAST. I mean, I had literally 10 minutes, changed my outfit, put on deodorant so I didn't stink, went out and, and coached the girls and had an absolute blast, played with them the last 15 minutes of practice. So, you know, volunteer as a coach, get involved that way. If you don't have kids or you're not interested in sports, be a big brother, big sister. I mean, there's so many ways we can connect and we can play a positive impact in the lives of our youth. But I think the bottom line is this, we have to find ways to contribute our time and talents. You know, the world needs us. And I know that sounds really woo-woo out there, just kinda like wishy-washy, but man, it's so true. Like kids need us. And so if you're listening to this show, that's my plea to you, man. Find ways to become more involved in in working with our youth, because I think it's such an important and impactful thing. Okay. And then last but not least, number five, play the long game. So again, reflective, man, 43. I don't feel old. I I like to talk about this a lot. First off, certain people get mad, Amy. Certain people get mad if I call myself old. First off, I don't feel old. Uh, I joke around that I'm old, but I don't feel old. I still can go out and train. I can still go out and play sports with my kids. My body feels good. Like I don't feel old. But then there are times when the calendar or life in general remind me that I'm definitely not 20, right? So it's funny because now a couple people out in the world have started to label me as an OG in the strength and conditioning game, OG or an original gangster. So there's a certain amount of street cred that comes with that. I'm not going to lie. I appreciate it. I don't consider myself there yet. I don't know if I ever will be. It's kind of like the title of an expert. I don't know if you're ever truly an expert. Maybe Stuart McGill is Bill Hartman is. There are some true experts out there, but neither here nor there. Let's come back to this topic of an OG, regardless of whether I am or not. I think the rap sheet speaks for itself right? 21 years in the game and I've done it all. And I don't mean that in a cocky or egotistical way. I just mean like I've worked in every aspect of our industry, rehab, personal training, like one-on-one, small group, large group. I've worked again in like a rehab environment. I've worked in a D1 college setting. I've worked in a high school setting. I've worked with professional athletes. Like I've kind of seen a little bit of everything. Now there's certainly things I'm better at than others. But I kind of have an idea of what every trainer, coach, rehab professional is up against because I've seen all those environments. I've worked in all those environments for extended periods of time. You know, I've ran a successful gym for 13 of those 21 years, produced legitimately thousands of pieces of content between articles, blogs, podcasts, videos. I've like that's mind boggling. And again, I don't say that to be in any way braggadocious. It's just, I've done a lot of stuff. Like I've tried to be as prolific as possible. I've tried to give back. Like, that's a big piece of this for me. I want to give back. And I think that's a common theme, whether it's like the young kids we were just talking about or to people like you, I want to give back. I want to make our industry and our world a little bit better place. But I also know I'm nowhere near done yet. All right. So this is where we come back to this idea of playing the long game. Like I have a lot left to accomplish. I have a lot of people left to serve. So here's my approach and it's kind of like this two pronged approach. Number one, I'm always focused on the long game. So I'm not just thinking about what I can accomplish in the next month or the next three months or even the next year. I'm always thinking about what I can do on a macro five years, 10 years, 20 years without putting like necessarily goals on that. Cause I think that's very difficult, but I'm always playing the long game, but The second part of that prong is I'm always chipping away at things on a day-to-day basis. So I used to have a sexier way to say it. I don't remember what it is now, but you know, you got the long game, the big picture, but then you're working and hustling in that short term to make all these things happen. So like there's two songs, obviously I like music. There's two songs that kind of put this into play. Number one, if you've ever heard the song, live like you are dying. By Tim McGraw kind of makes you think oh if you were gonna die, what things would you be doing now? How would you be focusing on what's most important? Same thing? You go back to mace and if you don't know about mace, you need to go back. He had one amazing album Retired came back. I don't think the second one was any good But mace's first album had a song on it called 24 hours to live and it talks about all the things he would do If he only had 24 hours to live. So what I want you to think about is this idea this concept of playing the long game but then also taking advantage of the principle of the slight edge one of my favorite books which is what consistent acts do you need to do on a day-to-day basis to achieve massive long-term results very simple too often people get so focused on the long game and they just keep kicking the can down the curb right like oh I can do that later I can do that later there's no rush there's no urgency versus hey This is where I want to be, or these are the goals that I want to achieve. Now, every single day, I'm going to find ways to be impactful, to do what's most important, to shy away and just like remove all the clutter and all the distraction so that I can get a massive amount of stuff done on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so it's a two-pronged approach. Think long-term, but act swiftly, act decisively in the short term. So I'm always thinking about how I can make small moves on a daily basis to ensure I get where I want. Now, here's how this would work for you. Let's say you want to be a better trainer, better coach, better rehab professional. Things you could do right now today, small daily habits. You could watch a video. You could listen to a podcast. Good for you. You're already doing that. But you could listen to another podcast. You could consider hiring a coach or a mentor for yourself if you're stuck. You've been doing this for a while. You're not seeing the success that you want right? So you can do little things. You can do a a big thing, right? But you have to do actions every day. Let's say you want to get in better shape. What are some small things? Well, you could take the time right now to write the next block of your training. You could plan time on the weekend, or maybe some downtime during the middle of the week to do your meal prep. You could seek out a potential coach to help you get the results that you want. Let's say you want to build a better business. You could right now today, when you go on the floor, ask your clients for referrals. One of the absolute best ways to get more people in your door, ask for referrals. You could follow up on a new lead, send an email, send a text. Text is better if you're wondering. you know, Find some way to reach out, make contact. You could start taking a course to improve your marketing and selling skills, right? But here's the big thing. You got to remember that good things don't happen overnight. You know, there's all these different sayings, right? Like Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, There is no such thing as an overnight success. Like these things don't happen. It may look like that from the outside looking in, but ask the person that's in there doing it. It almost never works like that. Okay. So you gotta have that long-term vision, but you have to slowly chip away. Do stuff daily if you want to achieve long-term massive results. Okay, so some things to think about. What are your long-term goals? what do you want to achieve in your life right those are the big heady kind of things and then start to think about what are actionable items you can start doing right now today and then continue to do on a daily basis to help you achieve those goals all right my friend I really hope you enjoyed this like I said I was coming in hot today lots of good stuff never ever in a bad mood (laughs) very rarely maybe (laughs) ask my family very rarely am i in a bad mood definitely wasn't today um but just felt like there was a lot of stuff that i've been thinking about reflecting on that i wanted to share with you so i hope you enjoyed this Uh, in summary the five things that i needed to talk about five things i needed to say number one choose your mentors wisely all mentors are not created equal not everyone even though they might have a program that they call a mentorship program, is qualified to be a great mentor. So choose your mentors wisely. Number two, remember, social media ain't real life. Everybody's flashing their highlight reel. Everybody's talking about how awesome they are. Very few people are showing you the struggles and the insecurities that they're dealing with on the backside. And that's not to say that they should be, but just understand, like, everybody is going through stuff. Make sure you're giving the right people your time and attention on social media, and just as a general rule, (laughs) limit your time on social media as well, unless it's stuff about me, in which case it's totally awesome and totally fine to to review. (laughs) Number three, be sure you want to open a gym. Times have changed, friend. Like just because you have some capital, just because you are an elite level trainer and you maybe don't like the person you're working for right now, doesn't mean you have to go out and do it on your own. If you want to, great. And you're ready for the grind and all the back behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into it and all the new skills you have to learn by all means do it I will still tell you to this day it's one of if not the most rewarding professional things that I've ever done but don't let anybody fool you it's a lot of work it's a lot of work number four invest in our youth best part of my year outside of stuff with my family and the people I work with was coaching those girls I mean to see their faces To watch them come together as a team, to listen, to mature, to play as a group, and really just to see the absolute sheer joy on their faces when we won a championship. Man, nobody will ever take that away from me. I mean, that was almost a month ago and I still can't get that image out of my brain. So find ways to invest in our youth, their smiles, their energy, like young people need us. They need us more so now than ever before. So find ways if you can, to invest in our youth because it will be one of the most rewarding experiences you ever have in your life. And then last but not least, always remember to play the long game. Too often we're dangled uh, the carrot or we're shown the, the shiny object and, and we're constantly distracted and losing focus, but play the long game. Think about where you want to go, where you want to be, who you want to be, and then find those small daily actionable items you can use to make yourself the best version of yourself to achieve those big goals. Because look, a lot of times those big goals, when you chip away at them, when you break them up into manageable chunks, they're not nearly as scary as you'd think. All right, my friend, thank you so much for your time. I really needed to do this. (laughs) Uh, It feels really good talking about this stuff because I have all these thoughts sometimes bouncing around in my brain and I need a way to get it out there into the world to people like you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, man, please take literally two seconds out of your day and share it with somebody you think needs to hear this. Maybe it's somebody that you know would be a great youth sport coach. Maybe it's somebody that needs to find a great mentor. Maybe it's the person that is constantly like chasing that short-term gain, that short-term hustle, and not getting the long-term changes that they want. So if you would take two seconds out of your day, share it with somebody, man, I would appreciate that more than you know. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.